to Ink Tank, an enthusiast podcast for animated feature films. I am Lily, and joining me today is my very special guest, Penny. Hi, Penny. Hi, how's it going? It's going so good now that you're here. (laughs) (laughs) What? Oh, I'm flattered. Thank you. (laughs) Um, So how are you doing today? I'm doing really good. Uh, I just ate a bunch of garbage food while watching a movie that's not about garbage food. So like... (laughs) I've that got a, sounds like the dream. I've got a little internal conflict going on on that end because I'm like, if <laughs> like this whole movie is about like not stuffing yourself with trash, and here I am just being a trash lady. So like, okay, but like, what what do you consider the trash? Like that you, what did you eat? I ate Whataburger, <laughs> which is like, <laughs> well, I mean, on the scale of like fast food it's 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 middle of the road i'd say like if i had to think of like top tier fast food i think of like zaxby's or sure totally i mean like people are getting a real good read of just how garbage i am like i'm i'm about to name (laughs) off like 50 different fast food restaurants you know why because i eat at them all no, but the you time. Li- but listen, it's like me too. Like I'm a college <laughs> student. I don't know what you want from me. But we have a we have a Canes right across the street, which is like the exact same thing as Zaxby's, basically right, just yeah. with less. And we can use our like school card to buy food there. So like our meal plan money. Right. And so I go there all the time because it's not real money. <laughs> <laughs> it's fake money. <laughs> it's not my debit card, so I can just get chicken. <laughs> What would you consider low tier fast food to be? I, I know uh, what I would, but I want to hear um, your take on it first. Low tier fast food, like we're talking like food wise, right? Yeah, yeah, just like uh, just in general, like quality food, emotional mm. toll, that kind of thing. <laughs> um, wow, low tier. Well, it kind of it also depends on like what do you consider fast food. Is it like any food that has a that drive comes through? to you real quickly? Is it okay? Um, <laughs> low tier fast food. This is like you can't. <laughs> now I feel like I'm on like. <laughs> Do you want to hear mine? Yeah. Uh, well, one of them is Burger King. There's Sonic is another one that I consider kind of low tier. I feel like that could be contested more easily i don't know how people feel about sonic i know that i feel like they're garbage here's the thing i live in oklahoma which i don't know if you know anything about oklahoma but the sonic headquarters is here so literally you drive two minutes in any direction and there's a sonic so yeah you're just drowning in drive-ins but i will say that was very good alliteration. Thank I liked you. that very much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I will say I don't necessarily like Sonic's food, but they have really good ice cream and amazing drinks. Yeah, like, I can no, get. Yeah, like, I was I was gonna say like their food is bad, but like their their drinks and and dessert stuff is is quite good. Yeah, like there's Sonic is the place that we go on road trips when my dad wants like a sixty four ounce Coca-Cola. Like, right. Yeah. No, I feel <laughs> that. I feel they that. have green tea there. Like you can get sweet green tea. Oh wow! Which I didn't know that. you yeah you can't. I don't know that they have it everywhere, but like the one at home where I grew up had that, and so like I used to get just in the summertime when we work on sets and stuff for plays, I just get a giant sweet green tea with like yeah. They have really good drinks. I just don't like eating at Sonic because every no. time I eat there, it feels like I'm just eating oil. You know, yeah. like and then afterwards, you just feel like 
more disgusting than usual. Yeah, no, like like I <laughs> like I feel like I just drank grease every time I eat at Sonic, and like I guess that's you know not no, too that's far exactly off from right. what's actually happening. But like it, it's it's not good to it. Listen, if I'm gonna eat like a garbage person, I want it to be subtle, and I want to be willingly ignorant to it. Like like I, exactly. I don't want I don't want to feel like I'm stuffing garbage in my mouth. Anyway. I want to feel good while I'm being a garbage human. Yeah, being. exactly. Like- <laughs> I want to live in my bliss, and Sonic yeah. is not a good, like... Don't remind me that I'm a terrible trash human. Like, <laughs> Sonic exactly. isn't a good conductor for that. Sonic is like a mirror when it comes to knowing how trash you are. Now, Wendy's, however... I consider Wendy's one of the middle ones. Like, like you sort of so? like Yeah, in between something like Whataburger and something like Zaxby's, I'd say. Sure. If, like, what's another high tier? I can't think of any other high tier fast food places i guess that's good that makes me feel a little i better. mean here's the thing is that like food wise i and this is just based on bias because of the way i was raised but i consider chick-fil-a to be high tier food yeah yeah that i forgot about that one yes i don't like their beliefs and of opinions, course yeah but... no i agree <laughs> <laughs> but i did work there for eight months and right. uh getting free a free meal every shift yeah. and being paid ten dollars an hour is pretty good <laughs> yeah food's fine food's good food is food is definitely like plus they have waffle fries so that, oh yeah that's that's very good waffle fries are yes. good anyway <laughs> so with that long extended preface about fast food yes uh <laughs> we, what movie are we going to be talking about today ratatouille Ooh, which is definitely not about burgers and fries it's no not i don't think there's a single like not fancy food item present in that movie, well, I guess like if you count the garbage that they're eating, but like, well, a- like yeah. actual pre- prepared food, you only see like gourmet, like oh yeah, chef prepared things like that. This movie always makes me hungry. It does, yeah. Although I, for for whatever reason, as I sort of like grow older and as I watch it more, maybe it's like the the as the quality of the animation becomes less modern, like, I don't know, mm. like, it didn't hit me as much this time. And also, maybe that's because I knew I was gonna get food really soon, and and then later on, I was eating food while watching it, but it didn't hit me this time, with the, uh, the feeling hungry thing. A lot of things with food usually do. Like, I've been watching a lot of food reviews <laughs> on YouTube recently, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, because that's a thing that I'm now into. When yeah. I, I always get into, like, these these periods of like laser focused obsession with things like that like uh, oh please a few months ago it was watching speed runs um yes. and now right now in the moment it's food reviews so i've been watching a lot of those and every single time i watch a food review i'm like i am in hell and forcing myself to stay here because i don't have this item that they're reviewing and i can't eat it also and that's sort of my constant mood while watching this. For me, yeah. my, my laser my laser interest is D and D and and the McElroy brothers. So I feel God, you. yeah, that's that's a that's a big one. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> that hit me. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I yeah. So this one didn't hit me as much with the with the hungriness, but sure, it used to. It's it's definitely it's prevalent. Food is now. Now here's an important question: Have you actually ever had ratatouille? No, I haven't. I have. I've had chicken ratatouille. Okay. My question for you, mm-hmm. what is it? <laughs> so <laughs> in the movie, it looks like pepperoni and stuff, like different yeah. colored pepperonis. No, so it's um, it's a peasant's meal. So it's a stew. 
Right. Originally, it's normally like a soup, and it's uh, it's a lot of vegetables because it's supposed to be a peasant's meal. So, like, really poor people would basically just make this big stew that's like zucchini and tomatoes and squash and like basically whatever recipe you can find and then it, you season it a certain way and like it's kind of spicy but not and it's just it's really warm and homey right. and like it fills up your tummy it's just real good so yeah, when they yeah, when they make it in the movie it's more like a casserole kind yeah, of yeah it's it's like a stack it's it's yeah. just it's like a stack of rounded vegetables yeah and then they do the sauce thing um but yeah no i've had like real stew they served it at my school once which is weird yeah that's uh, that's really interesting <laughs> Yeah, sometimes they have like really bizarre things in the cafeteria with like ratatouille just randomly. Yeah. I was like, okay, cool. I'm yeah, going to no, try this, I guess. I've never had anything like even approximate to what they serve in this movie. <laughs> hey, that's okay. <laughs> it's, you know, it's all good. It's, um, <laughs> it's not good. It's bad food is what I'm eating, but okay. Well, you know, <laughs> I mean, listen, everybody has their things that they eat and it's fine. As long as you're getting sustenance and you're alive, <laughs> that's it's true. fine. That's true. That's true. Um, so before we really get started, um, do you want to like talk a little bit about what you do and who you are and that kind of thing? Yeah, we probably should have like done that at the beginning, huh? Probably, I just kinda, but you know, I kind of went on like a whole food. thing. <laughs> so that's on me. I apologize about that. No, I, uh, I encouraged you. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I... I do a lot of things, uh, and I'll, I'll try and, and keep it somewhat brief. Um, oh, no, please tell me about everything you do. I'm very interested. <laughs> thank you. Uh, so first off, I'm a, I'm a voice actress. Um, I love voice acting, and I don't do it as much as I – well, I haven't been doing it as much as I would like to, but I am trying to get back into it and, like, search for roles and stuff. So uh, that's kind of sort of what I want to focus on going forward a little bit more. Um, but I am also a uh, just a general internet content creator. I make a lot of uh, videos on YouTube. Um, I have a gaming channel called Snapcube where I do Let's Plays and uh, gaming-related videos. Um, I'm trying to branch out into more, like, conceptual uh, series rather than just, like, live commentary Let's Plays. Even though I love doing those, I love doing Let's Plays, but I, I want to be a bit more creative with stuff, so I'm, I'm working on a couple more conceptual series uh, for Snapcube, um, but I also do music. Uh, I have a band called Go Child, and uh, we've been working on music a lot recently. We actually, uh, we we just released a single in October called Deadlock, uh, and we are very proud of it. Uh, so go check that out. It's on iTunes. It's on Spotify. It's on Google Play. It's on Amazon. We also have an album that we released in January of 2017 called uh, The Masquerade that we're very proud of. Um, so yeah, that's Go Child. Um, I do a couple podcasts. Uh, I have a podcast called Nothing's Perfect. Um, you can find that on Apple Podcasts or uh, SoundCloud. Uh, Nothing's Perfect. Um, I also have a, a D&D podcast called Spagoot's Realms. Uh, same thing, Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud. And I have a podcast that's kind of like a spinoff uh, from my uh, my gaming channel snapcube called snapcast it only has one episode i'm trying to make more but it's very experimental so if you want to check that out it's called snapcast anyway that's all i have on the plate for today in terms of self-promotion oh yeah that's all <laughs> I, I, that. I, I do other things i think i'm not remember anything <laughs> off the top of my head but i'm not remembering anything off the top of my head but like i do other things but uh that's those are the most prevalent well, and, and I can attest as someone who's listened to your music and watched your videos that 
Penny is very nice and talented and you should go look all of that up right now. Well, not right now because you're listening to this, but after it's over. <laughs> Thank you so go. much. I really appreciate that. Yes. I remember, never forget the first time I heard one of your songs and I was like blown away because your voice is unreal. Like, it, Thank you so much. I don't know how you exist. But <laughs> I really appreciate Here you that. are Thank talking you. to me on the phone, which is very yeah. exciting. So here we go. Um, we're going to talk about a movie now. Okay, so uh, just some fun facts. So this is Ratatouille. Uh, it came out on June 29th of 2007 in the United States. It was It's a Pixar film. Um, it was directed by Brad Bird. Uh, it currently has uh, on the internet, it has an 8 out of 10 on IMDb. It has a 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, it deserves which is really impressive. Uh, it has a 95% on Google, so the general public. Uh, and in the box office, it made $620 million. Ooh, wowie. What was the budget? With, uh, $50 million. Wow. No, $150 million. Okay. Oh, still, that's really good. That's really impressive. That's a lot of money. Yeah, it's um, really good. Yeah. So, yeah, this is a, it's a good movie. This a movie, Pixar's movie yeah. is fantastic. This is my second favorite Pixar movie. Oh, what's um, first? My first favorite is The Incredibles. Uh, so mm. both of my favorite Pixar movies are directed and written by Brad Bird. This uh, this one is like it's it's re- it's really close second. Like The Incredibles is just a little higher, uh, but I adore this movie. Um, I mean, I yeah. just watched it, and which which reaffirmed. I didn't need reaffirming, but <laughs> it was nice to reaffirm just how much I love this movie. Sure. Um, this is one of those movies that like, and I'm kind of realizing that that it's specifically Brad Bird who's really good at this, uh, at least similarly with The Incredibles, he did this. But this is one of those movies where it's like, I enjoyed it when I was a kid and, and I and I liked it for a lot of the a lot of the comedy, the, the animation and, and the action and all that stuff. And, and I just it was it's a fun movie. It's a really fun movie. So I liked it as a kid for all the fun. Uh, but then as I get older and rewatch it more it's it's like all these little nuances and and all these little pieces of dialogue that i don't catch when i'm a kid like and and not even just like adult jokes or like 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 double entendres or anything like that Mm. but just like the substance of it and again the nuance of it like i i pick up on it so much more as 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 i get older and like i love that kind of stuff i i love when like uh a family film like just has that much under the surface to be understood as you like mature right and uh like i said brad bird is really good at that and and this is definitely a really good example of that specifically in the dialogue which i can get into that later but how do you feel about this movie i love this movie um i love it (laughs) a lot i but you know i'm a big pixar fan like i think right pixar's probably one of my favorite animation companies in general um, right and, and they've earned it yeah definitely and i'm i'm one of those purists who i'm like it's pixar not disney they're not the same thing because they're not <laughs> they're not <laughs> and people not. are always like um it's actually just a disney movie i'm like no it's specifically pixar disney no, just it's a, sold it's it. a disney pixar movie <laughs> exactly thank you this, this is not walt disney animation studios <laughs> thank you yes i get very emotional about it when people because like <laughs> Um, Pixar worked really hard to get to where they are, and uh, mm-hmm. they they are constantly developing new technology and trying new things and being innovative. And oh gosh, yeah, I, I just... mean, I mean, Pixar made the first computer animated film. Toy Story was the first fully computer animated yeah. film. So, like, well, and what a lot of people don't know is that before Pixar was an animation company, they were actually just a computer software development company. 
Really? Yeah, they were just like a technology company. And then they were like, huh. hey, what if we like used this for something? <laughs> <laughs> what if we did something with this stuff we're doing? Yeah, and so then they, they made a bunch of those short films that they're yeah, so well yeah. known for. Um, and so actually that's something fun about the short films is every time there's a short film before, usually, not so much anymore because now they show Disney short films before Pixar movies. Anyway, um, the, sh- the point of the short film was to <laughs> test. Shrieks of agony. <laughs> Shrieks of agony come from the theaters that are still playing Olaf's Frozen Adventure Ugh, I or whatever it was. I was lucky enough that when I went to see Coco, it didn't play. I'm a little bummed because like I wanted to see it, but at the same time. I know. <laughs> like, just, just out of morbid curiosity, yeah. I really wanted to go to the theater and be like, does it really feel like forever? Yeah, but. I was like, why? Because I, well, I want to know why it's so, like, I want my own opinion on why it's so bad. But I haven't seen it, so I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. So the point of the Pixar short films is to test a new technology that they're working on. Huh. So normally, and sometimes it'll be really subtle, but normally um, the, that's the point of the short film. So usually there'll be some kind of technology they're testing in those films. That is really interesting. I yeah. didn't know that specifically. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, so that's why I love them. And I love yeah. them for many other reasons. I think their stories, their plot lines tend to be the best of the movies in general. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I, I um, sometimes like to forget that Cars exists uh, just because. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. Well, yeah, like Pixar has a very good track record. Uh, but in recent years, they've kind of like teetered between sort of like middle of the road storytelling and and sort of like the really good stuff that they're known for. I haven't seen Coco, but I've heard a lot of people really love Coco. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, that was a disgusting guttural sound. Okay. This is not, this, this episode is not about Coco. I can't even like put that on the list of movies to talk about yet because it hasn't come out officially. Like it's still in theaters. Yeah. But, uh, I was in the theater with with my nine year old cousin, my fourteen year old sister, my seventeen year old brother, me, and my sixty something year old grandma, and all of us were sobbing. Ah, uh, and I think I'm so excited to see yeah, it. Yeah, and I think I mean like, and this is my seventeen year old brother who's like high on toxic masculinity and is like, men don't cry. Yeah, because he's seventeen. <laughs> yeah, and and like he's sitting next to me, just like tears streaming down his face, not even trying to hide it. He's just like oh, really that's emotional. Awesome. And oh, now I'm all excited to see Coco. Well, and I just like the main my main takeaway was like this movie's the way it was able to like impact so all these people of all these different ages like the fact that some people nine from nine to 66 were all just crying that's pixar yeah i so that's yeah yes yeah and 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 like and like i was gonna say like even though they have been kind of like teetering they still managed to achieve that kind of thing like specifically with inside out which which came after like Mm -hmm. a little bit of a worrying like dry spell for pixar you know they had just put out like what was it like? The Good Dinosaur, I think, was the most recent one. Okay, have you seen that? <laughs> have you seen that movie? No, I haven't. I don't plan to. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> it, you should, because it's like a fever dream. <laughs> I think. I think. Okay. Here's the thing about it: is I think that my my interpretation of it as like a really bizarre, weird fever dream is the fact that the very first time I saw it, I saw it at the drive-in movie theater. Uh, and the, right. the sound wasn't great. Like it wasn't working super well. And like, 
I don't know, just like I have this weird association with the first time I saw that movie. And so the whole thing about it to me feels like it didn't exist. <laughs> so it's like so surreal and, and strange. Yeah. And so when oh people God, go, oh, that. yeah, The Good Dinosaur was a Pixar movie. I go, no, that's not a real movie. What are you talking about? I dreamed that one. Like I went to a drive in theater once and we went to see them. We went to see Tammy. Melissa McCarthy's Tammy <laughs> okay. at a drive-in movie theater and the screen next to it was playing Transformers Age of Extinction <laughs> at the same time. And okay. I I I so believe me, I know what you mean when you talk about like fever dream drive-in movie experiences <laughs> because I remember that night as if it happened 200 years ago. <laughs> That's exactly how it felt. I was like I try to like, think about like, it and it I'm feels sitting like, there yeah. like this is a moment out of time, out of space, like I'm not here, I will never be here, <laughs> exactly. and I never have been here. Yeah, but I this just... memory has, is filled with so much clarity. I think just like drive-in movies and like that are in general are just like but I we see the thing is like my family is very busy and so we don't go to the movies a lot. But like we used to go to the drive-in theater all the time because we had one pretty close to my house. And like right. normally they would show like a double feature. And usually when both of the movies were good, you know, tickets are like five or eight bucks a person, which is so much cheaper than the normal yeah. movie theater. And yeah. like we could sit in my mom's minivan and like turn the air conditioning on and we would all bring blankets and like. Yeah, you like, know. like I love the idea of drive-in movies aesthetically. Like yeah. I like I'd love to go to one and watch like a real movie. <laughs> I don't want to watch Tammy at a drive-in. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Pixar is very good. And and I'm glad that they seem to be kind of like regaining that, that sort of golden streak that, that it seemed like they were kind of losing a little bit. I'm sorry. I, I probably should have no. warned you before we started that my ADD medicine is wearing off. So if we get weirdly off track, like that's no, why. No, no, it's cool. I love it. I love the flow of conversation. Ooh. I love just talking about it. But yeah. We, yeah. Any- <laughs> anyway. Um, so Ratatouille. So do you want to give like a rundown of the of the synopsis and like what it's about for sure. somebody who might not have seen it or hasn't seen it in a while or... Okay, yeah, I, I tend to be a little long-winded with explaining things, so let me do my best to kind of give a brief synopsis. No, please, use as so... much wind as you need. <laughs> Is that a it? Joke. That's a little joke for me to... Yeah, no, that was that was all I had. That was all my lungs had for and, me this And that was the movie hour. Ratatouille. Thank you so yeah, much for listening. Uh, but yeah, so this movie is about a little rat character named Remy. Uh, he's actually a rat. Um, and he is grossly, yeah, no, ain't one of them fake rats that you hear so much about. He's not a, a rubber rat. Yeah. <laughs> he's, a, he's a real rat. He's a real rat. He's got furs. He he's ain't got no skin Chuck e. on cheese. his hands and feet. He's a <laughs> I think Chuck E. Cheese is a mouse. Probably. Aren't they all the same thing? Is Chuck E. Cheese a mouse? I have no idea. Okay, look that up and I'll continue okay. giving a synopsis of Ratatouille. <laughs> so Remy is a is a little rat character who is misunderstood by his rat family clan. 
Um, his dad is disappointed in him because he's not like everyone else. You know, he he admires humans. He he loves food and he loves creating and he and he has a knack for smelling ingredients. And he just wants he doesn't want to survive like the other rats do and like his dad is is making him do. He wants to thrive. He wants to live. So he's constantly sneaking into this old lady's kitchen. Um, in the house that they live under, and uh, he's constantly, like, like taking food from the yard, like, taking cheese and mushrooms and combining them and, like, doing weird things and watching cooking channels. And he really idolizes this one chef named Gusteau's, who has a restaurant in Paris. Um, and he, 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 loves, he loves Gusteau, and Gusteau has a book called Anyone Can Cook. Um, and he just, he just, he looks up to him like a strange inspirational father figure so remy loves food and he loves to cook his dad doesn't agree um and his brother emile knows about remy's like secret cooking life but uh he doesn't tell anybody but he's still like weirded out by it so eventually some things happen and remy is separated from his family and finds himself in paris underneath gusto's restaurant and uh, some other stuff happens, and uh, he meets a guy named Linguini. Um, and through an unlikely turn of fate, uh, Linguini is hired at Gusto's um, and accidentally creates something with Remy's help that the customers love and needs to create it again. So Remy and Linguini find a way to sort of collaborate. And uh, basically, Remy does all of the cooking, hiding underneath Linguini's hat. And Linguini is just like the figurehead who's like, I'm the human. There's not a rat here. Dude, it's me cooking. And shenanigans ensue. I don't want to like spell out every single sure. plot point because we'd be here for a while just listening to me talk <laughs> about the plot of Ratatouille. Well, and Disney, we're going to we'll go through it anyway but, and like specific Yeah, I mean, we're, yeah. So. But that's the basic premise. So, so Remy's a cook. He's a rat cook, and Linguini's a human, not cook. And they have to work together to make this restaurant successful without anybody knowing that there's a rat in the kitchen. Ooh, yeah. It sounds much more like slapsticky shenanigansy right. than it actually turns out to be in the movie because the movie is actually very, it's very calm. It's a very calm movie, and it's very, like, it's really gorgeous and, like, introspective? Is no, that, definitely. Is that a, it's, it, it's, it's definitely, it's very atmospheric, I think is a better word. Like, it's not, it's not necessarily zany. Um, it's not super slapstick. I mean, there's some slapstick in there. There's some cartoon shenanigans, but it's mm-hmm. not, like, overwhelming with like saturday morning cartoon energy or anything sure. like that. it's not like a traditional kids film it is very atmospheric and it's very beautiful and it, it it takes its time with a lot of things and it it sort of just lets you like bask in the beauty of the environment and of the craft of cooking in this in this like five star or what was five star restaurant mm-hmm. um I really love that about it. One thing I will say about this movie, that's a fun fact. Here's a fun fact for you. Um, okay. This is a, it's a very long movie. Um, yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, it's almost two now. hours long. <laughs> it's almost two hours long. And actually, it's only third place for longest Pixar movies. Uh, yeah, what is it, like an hour 50? It's an hour and 11 minutes, yeah. 
No, it's 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 sorry, it's 111 minutes. So it's almost 111 minutes. It's almost two hours. Because yeah, because because I was watching it earlier, like I watched it right before we started recording, and I was like, th- there was like 30 minutes until seven, and I looked at the time, and like it was there was still like 30, 40 minutes left in the mm-hmm. movie, and I was like, are you kidding me? Like. Thought I'd be done by now. Well, you know, like, it's even longer than Ratatouille is uh, The Incredibles, which is 115 minutes. But that's still not the longest Pixar movie. Do you want to guess what the longest Pixar movie is? Don't Google it. Mm, I'm not going to Google it. I'm going to take a guess. I'm going to say... Is it The Good Dinosaur? No. Okay. Is it... Hmm. Wait. Longest Pixar clocking in at 116 minutes i'm trying i'm trying to think of i'm trying to think of like how long the movies felt <laughs> i don't know I, I i got nothing i i i don't have a good guess hold on to your hat oh dear cars are you are you kidding me <laughs> no cars is the longest i mean it feels like it yeah but like it's the longest length like at the most time it takes the most time like but only by a couple minutes but like that's crazy yeah, it's 116 minutes long. It's the longest wow, one. Wow, wow. Yeah. Also, there's 19 it. of them now. There's almost 20, so we're getting there. Oh, oh, 19 Pixar movies? Mm-hmm. The next one will be the nice. 20th film, so it's it'll be a big deal. Ooh. We'll have to, like, celebrate. That's going to be that's gonna be The Incredibles too. Yeah, it is. Oh, God, I'm so excited for that. Okay, Ugh. I don't want to get into that because I'm going to talk about that for, like, three hours. Yeah, no, we probably shouldn't, <laughs> shouldn't get into that yet. But. Just know... I am intensely hyped about that movie. No, seriously, I'm I'm just laughing about the fact that like literally everyone in the theater is going to be a twenty something. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it, there, <laughs> no kids in sight. Get them out of here. You know I'm going to be there opening night. Like I will go to the midnight <laughs> premiere. Like <laughs> oh me too. Oh me too. Uh, anyway, uh, this is becoming just like a general episode about Pixar movies in general. Which, I mean, I don't mind. No, I don't have a problem with that at all. Ratat- Ratatouille is a good sort of like launching pad for that kind of discussion because it totally. is like, again, in my opinion, one of Pixar's best. It's my second favorite. It's Yeah, no, I, I really agree. I It's it's up there on the list for me. I don't know. Let's, let's kind of get into the movie and just talk about things. Okay, yeah, sure. Oh, before we do that, I my Google search revealed some oh, interesting yeah, yeah. results. <laughs> now, here's the thing, is what that Wikipedia, was it? it was, was Chuck this? E. Cheese. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> here's the thing. Now, wait. Wikipedia describes Chuck E. Cheese as <clears throat> a comedic mouse who sings and interacts with guests. Now, wait, okay. though. Oh? This establishment was originally named Coyote Pizza. Yeah. But then they but they changed the name to Rick Rat's Pizza. Oh. And oh, then they changed no. it to Chuck E. Cheese. So I'm just saying So he's a so, is he a mouse or a rat? Will we ever he, really know? Okay. He's a Well he certainly Penny, Penny, listen, we have discovered a conspiracy <laughs> theory. This is like this is like the Berenstein Berenstain. <laughs> They just changed suits. Depending on who you ask, <laughs> Chucky's cheese is either a mouse or a rat. Okay, yeah, no, I'll yes and you here. This is a crazy little... Listen, you don't have to yes and me. The proof is there. <laughs> I'm not making this up. Like, 
So the government so wait, has so wait, been so lying to us this whole time. Are you implying? Are you implying <laughs> that a shady organization <laughs> is covering up the once existence of this coyote and this rat character? Yeah. Or are you saying that in some sort of horrible, like Jekyll and Jekyll and Hyde? <laughs> shenanigan like turn of events he's, that he's both a rat and a mouse and it both, just depends on the time of the day a coyote he used to be <laughs> like how did he get like this listen atari has some dark secrets apparently atari more like uh party chuck e cheese go to your local chuck e cheese today for Pizza and salmonella. Birthday times. What? Happy birthday. It's a birthday place. People do birthdays there. Sure. They do. Don't act no. like that's not like a thing. <laughs> no, they what do. What are you like? What? I say, <laughs> I say, I say people do birthdays at Chuggy e. Cheese. And you're like, yeah, sure they do. Like, but, but is it really a birthday if it's at Chuck E. Cheese? Yes. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Listen, I went to Chuck E. Cheese so much as a kid, I'm allowed to drag it. That's not what this is about. (laughs) I'm just saying they do birthdays there. No, I'm not saying they don't. I'm just saying it's a bad place to have your birthday. Okay. Okay. I'm not talking about the quality (laughs) of the birthday. Yes. Chuck E. Cheese birthday parties are inherently trash. But there's still a day of birth. (laughs) There's no skepticism involved in saying, hey, this is the day that I was born and here I am in Chuckery's Cheese. His name is actually Charles Entertainment Cheese. I know. So Ratatouille is about a rat named Remy who loves to cook, just like Chuckery and his cheese. Uh, except Remy doesn't make pizza. He doesn't or make pizza. He cake. should. He should. I'd like to see him make a... Where's Ratatouille 2? It's pizza time now. That's <laughs> what you the seen... second one's called. I need to... Have you seen that video of um, an interviewer talking to Patton Oswalt and getting so upset that there's no like Ratatouille land at Disney World? No. What? <gasps> it's like it's a goof thing, but I okay. Once this is over, I'm gonna have to send it to you, and I'll link it in the description of this episode because it's the funniest video I've ever seen in my life. That's <laughs> me though. That that's the way I feel. No, because like, he's like totally normal, and he's like, so um, what was it like being in Ratatouille? And then he like gets angry, and he's like, and how do you feel about the fact that there's no Remy at <laughs> at, at Hollywood Studios? And he's just like yelling <laughs> to Patton Oswalt, and Patton's just sitting there like. Uh huh. God, that's that's relatable though. Oh, like Ratatouille so doesn't get enough love. Yeah. No, you're so right though. It's extremely un- underrated, and people c- consistently forget that it exists, which is so frustrating to me because I love it. I oh god, it's so good. Like, okay, so how are we gonna talk about this movie? Like, how, like how are we gonna break this down? Because I want to I want to get into. It. I want to do a deep dive, a deep dish into Ratatouille right now. Into um sure we can film. talk about i mean like it depends on what you want to talk about first we can talk about the animation we can talk about the story we can talk about the character design we can talk about the music like you know let's break this thing apart Ooh. yeah okay so 
I don't know. When it comes down to like the Brad Bird Pixar movies, I've I've already said my piece in terms of like why I think that they're the best. Um, but that mostly manifests itself in the dialogue. I think. Uh, like like obviously there are a lot of like themes and and story beats that that he puts in in like, for example, The Incredibles or Ratatouille, like that are very mature themes for like a like a family oriented film. Um, and, and they're very, like, they're very resonant. Um, but that mostly comes through in the dialogue where, like, characters will say things that, as a kid, I just didn't know. <laughs> like, I didn't sure. understand. So, like, like give me an example of something that, like, really stuck out to you today. Like, uh, oh, geez. Uh, well, I, I, like, for for example, like, just all of the the cooking talk and and all of the things that they say in sure. the movie pertaining to like their job or for example like there's a whole scene where uh Colette is is going on about like the the like the sort of the dark and like like not the dark hold on what's the word the no I know you mean like the history of the yeah like like the weird histories and, and past lives of all the chefs and like she's going on about these things like she's saying one of them like actually went to jail and like other one was like a part of like a resistance but he won't right. tell them which one and like another one like was was part of like a I think a circus or something like that and like mm-hmm. like as a kid that whole sequence I did not understand a single word being said right. like and like like you get the basic gist like especially when it gets to the guy and he's like i killed a man with this thumb like you get okay so she's basically like as a kid you kind of understand oh she's kind of like just talking about like shady things involving these people but like as as you grow as you grow up like the actual words that she's saying become like clearer and and like have more meaning to them and like you start to just get like a richer picture of of these characters and and it's stuff like that it's it's and and it's yeah it's so it's not even stuff like like i said it's not just stuff like double entendres and like adult jokes and stuff like that it's literally just like facets of the dialogue and and things that like kids aren't really exposed to yet just because they haven't had a chance to be exposed to them yet. yeah because they're kids <laughs> but but like brad bird still puts them in there not necessarily because it's like oh here's a nod to the adult so you won't be suffering through this movie it's like no <laughs> it's just important to the world it's just right. what they would say normally if they were just normal adults talking to each other sure and i love that i love yeah. that he he respects not only the kids, but he respects the adults enough to to put this stuff in here. Like he just respects his audience with that kind of thing, and and you know like the whole sequence where like Remy is being shown like all the all the rat poison and the mouse traps and like all the dead rats like hanging on the the yeah. pins or whatever. Yeah, and he just goes on this thing about how like change is nature and like mm-hmm. and like and, and like change is something that we can influence and like it all starts when we decide and it, it's it's stuff like that that's like really mature and really aged up for for a uh, quote kids movie and mm-hmm. like i love that so no i i totally agree with you um and it's part of the reason why i always appreciate kids movies quote unquote like movies <laughs> directed for kids like directed at <laughs> yeah a young i'm, I'm glad on the same page marketed towards children <laughs> right um uh that like you can still appreciate no matter how old you are yeah and it's not it's not that thing of like like oh adults we know that you have to sit through this terrible yeah. movie with your kids. It's like 
I'm 20 and I can still get a lesson from this and I'm yeah, 40 no, and I can still get a lesson from this and I'm 60 and so on. It's not pandering and 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 it's yeah, it's 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 less about like a hidden I lost what I was going to say. I lost what I was going to say. But yeah, no, I agree. Like it's 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 not the way that he does it is not pandering. It's it's less like sneaking things in for adults and more just like creating mm-hmm. something with layers to it that can be better understood and and applied differently as you get older like lessons and themes that like are versatile enough to to have some sort of resonance like with a lot of different situations as you grow up and and those are my favorite kinds of of films just in general you know Mm -hmm. like this movie is great example of that yeah, I agree. I mean, I think the best movies are the ones that can stand the test of time. This isn't one of those movies that I I love it just because I have nostalgia of it. I love it because it's still good after. Yeah, and and not only <laughs> you know. is it still good, but also in in a, in my case, it gets better the more right. I watch it because of that. Hey, you want to you want to think about the fact that this movie's 11 years old? No, I don't thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're welcome. <laughs> Oh, God. I still remember seeing the first teaser trailer for it. How was it 11 yeah. years old? Uh, it It is. It was came out in 2007. Do you want to talk about how this movie has, before it was ever even conceived of being used ironically like it is now, it has a legitimate use of the freeze frame. Yep, that's me. <laughs> like, trope. Like, and I love it. Like, when it started out like that, I was like, oh, I forgot this movie starts like that. Legitimately. That's really uh, good. Yeah, no, I love stuff like that. Like, I, yeah. I, I, I chuckled so hard when they did the, <laughs> yep, that's me. You're probably wondering how yeah, I got Yeah, he, he doesn't say that, but he does say, like, I think it's apparent I need to rethink my life a little <laughs> bit. Right. Like, look at this situation I've gotten myself into. Exactly. Um, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> all in all, I just think uh, this movie is just so great. And like it's equal parts like thought provoking, but also just like super entertaining and just like charming and beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Which like uh, this movie is just really nice to the, watch. The views that they give you of and, and I know it's not like real, but like the views of Paris that they give are astoundingly yeah. gorgeous like i love how i think one of my one of my favorite little like i i i guess it's kind of like a like i wouldn't call it a visual joke but it's like a, a fun little visual thing that they do in the movie is is the part where um linguini and remy have just like agreed to work together or remy mm-hmm. has just come back to linguini after like trying to trick him and run away and Linguini brings Remy to his apartment for the first time. Oh my and god! He's, I was just he's thinking like, about the same yeah, scene. No, yeah, he's he's like, it's not much. He he's he's like, but it you know, it's home. It's got like it's got like a couch and a TV, but you know, it's not a whole lot. So uh, what's mine is yours. And like you see, like this sort of like like broken down little cheap apartment. And then he like the camera turns and you see his hand like kind of move in front of the window that Remy's going to be sleeping next to. And like, it's just this gorgeous view of Paris. And it's like, I feel like that's a fun little nod that like, yeah, the apartment's not the best, but like, look at what he's seeing right now. Like that is, that's <laughs> beauty. 
And, yeah. and I love that. That's just a really no, nice it's little hilarious touch. Because it's, it's really funny because when you mentioned like beautiful views of Paris, that was literally the first scene yeah. that I thought of is where I, they yeah, walk the, into the apartment and it's this shabby little apartment and then you turn and he's like, it's not much. And then I'm going, but that view though, but listen. That, yeah, I, yeah that, I feel like that definitely has to be intentional if you picked up on that too. Like, like it, it's... Yeah. it's 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 prominent enough and and but it's just really nice i like i think it's really it's just a nice moment it's it's just a moment yeah. that feels good where you're like oh that's for yeah that's that's pretty good like there's no sort of like <laughs> tongue in cheekness to it there's no sort of like sarcasm to it like like he's just a guy who's not the wealthiest but like he still has some he has a nice view sure it's really cool well and i think i think that also like says something to Linguini's character is that like that's not the first thing he talks about is like look yeah. at this great view of my apartment you know he's kind of because he is he's kind of like a humble just yeah little he's very insecure you know he's just this little awkward guy and so like you know he's bringing this new person or rat into his apartment and yeah you know he's like well it's not much I've got a couch and a fridge and a kitchen and you know it's whatever and then like doesn't even mention the fact that yeah he doesn't even realize what he has right in front of him yeah yeah, and and I feel like I mean, uh, would you consider that to be like his arc in the movie? I don't know. Like, like he, every character has a little bit of an arc. Although I did, I did kind of realize that like Remy has like a weird sort of like character flaw that's never entirely worked out in the movie. It's it's ju- mm-hmm. it's just subtle enough to where like it doesn't like lower my opinion of the movie or anything or like make me think he doesn't have any sort of development at all because he does but there's this there's this interesting sticking point that's never quite resolved where um remy has this sort of like he has an ego about him because like once he starts to cook in the kitchen and once he like starts to once once the customers start to really enjoy his cooking and mm-hmm. like like are into his talent and stuff even if people don't know it's him he he's he's very sort of like uppity about he's like oh no this is the way i'm going to do things and like right the way the movie treats that is interesting because mm-hmm. linguini points out multiple times that like no like colette knows how to cook too like you're not the only one whose opinion matters but then every time that remy does something like that it works out in his favor mm-hmm. like the like the movie treats that attitude like it's he like he's correct in having it because mm. he's just so good at cooking and like that that's a thing that i didn't quite remember if and how it gets resolved because i hadn't seen it in a little while but sure enough like by the end of the movie even when they're making the ratatouille like colette starts preparing the ratatouille from the recipe and like Remy just like stops her like before she starts and she's like, what? I'm making ratatouille. And like he he's like shakes his head or whatever. And she's like, well, then how would you do it? And that's <laughs> never challenged. Like it works. So hmm. I thought that was really weird. Yeah. And interesting. Like because that that does seem like that's going to be his arc. But then the movie does this sort of weird thing where like goose like ghost gusto is talking to him in a cage and he's like he's like remy's going on a rant like i don't want to have to lie anymore like i want to be honest with myself and like like i don't want to have to pretend and gusto is like but you never did and then remy has like a facial expression like he just learned something and i'm like 
what (laughs) like was that your arc like were you ever like pretending um i guess Mm -hmm. he kind of was but out of necessity so that was that was a weird thing for me i i i didn't quite realize that there was just this whole point about like his near elitism that's never quite addressed so if i had to sort of pick out any like flaw about the movie i guess that would be it it's just like a weird sort of character thread that's never quite tied up um no definitely um but you know i was just i was sitting here trying to like figure out how not like in any other way but just like try to come up with a counterpoint but like i was trying to sit here and figure out how to justify that and i can't so you're yeah no right it it is it because they never bring it up past like acknowledging that it's a problem that he has but they never fix the problem right and never address it and like i said even in the last moments he's still like he still like undermines Colette's ability to read a recipe and say like, no, it's my time now. Um, Sure. So it's this weird sort of thing that they, that they throw into the fray, but for no real reason other than just to give drama. So again, yeah, if I had to think of a a flaw, I guess that would be it because that is something that I noticed. But as for Linguini's arc, like we, we mentioned that at the beginning, he's very sort of like humble. Like he, like he has like, this wonderful view but he's kind of focused on like the weird like broken downness of his apartment of his apartment um right i'm trying to think of that sort of like if that grows into anything uh because his arc in the movie is throughout he finds out he's gusto's son uh which gives him his own ego just funny how like a lot of the flaws of these characters turns out to be like their ego and their pride when the the sort of antagonist, if you will. Not the antagonist. The weird chef guy is the antagonist. The critic at the end's name is Ego, which is a fun mm-hmm. little thing. I don't know if that was intentional, but it could be. Uh, but yeah, Linguini sort of gets like like a like a like a snootiness about him. I don't know if that would really tie into his like personality at the beginning. I was just trying. I was trying to. I was. I was just trying to tie something back into that like Paris <laughs> view scene, that apartment scene, because that really, for whatever reasons, like stuck out to me no, when I was sure. watching it. And and I'm trying to see if like that's intentional through like his character arc. But I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Maybe there is, but either way, it's a very good scene. And through talking about that one scene, I have now addressed. <laughs> A glaring flaw in Remy's arc in the movie. Uh, hey, but it's like, but it's real though. I mean, that's that's a real thing, and uh, you know, but everything has flaws. Nothing is perfect. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. So I wanted to share a couple like interesting things about this movie. What like like we were talking about earlier. One of my favorite um, things about Pixar, just in general, is that they're always they're always innovating, technology wise. Right. If not, you know, story, whatever. Um, they're always, you know, doing new things that other people aren't doing, which like technology has a tendency to kind of, mm, I don't grow, <laughs> duplicate <laughs> itself. That's a tendency it's, to it's, be I'm trying to come up with, with a better word, but like the, the, the current, I think the last time I heard this statistic, it's that the current uh, technology you're using right now, like whatever the hot technology is, um, there will be something twice as powerful as whatever the best technology is in 18 months yeah so that's really incredible that's crazy Um, yeah it's insane and so the fact that like pixar keeps up with that is just impressive um so um 
so some things about the movie in general, since we were just talking about characters and storyline and whatever. Um, this movie was actually supposed to be directed by somebody named Jan Pinkava. Um, who Really? Yeah, who directed um, Gary's Game, the chess one, uh, the chess short film. Oh, oh, okay. That's interesting. Yep. Um, and he came up with the concept for Ratatouille in, um, in 2000, and he... Uh, designed it he designed sets and characters and a storyline um but then he showed it like pixar was like um we don't really know if we like where you're going with this so they fired him Uh, (laughs) and they replaced him with bird in 2005 oh no um i didn't know that yeah and so um Brad Bird really liked the film because he liked the idea how bizarre the concept was of the fact that you know rats fear kitchens but there's one rat that wants to work in a kitchen yeah um and you know so he uh figured you know Linguini would be a fun physical comedy character and so he rewrote the story and um killed gusto and like made sure that skinner and Colette had larger roles and then um bird murdered gusto yes murdered him in the script twist wasn't even (laughs) <laughs> sorry keep going no i got this, you this stupid <laughs> it's okay i loved it i enjoyed it very much <laughs> i was in like a mode and i it took me a second to go hey someone's making a joke can you stop no me? no no it's okay i shouldn't have it was dumb keep you going did good. um so uh so the thing the fun thing about this movie is that it's like distinctly different from all other Pixar movies because they like specifically designed it with the intention to make it be very like lush and yeah romantic because you know it's oh Paris. god yeah yeah and you you get that absolutely so they like went to Paris and were there for a week and took a motorcycle tour and ate at like the best restaurants in the city and um. Uh, the other thing is that they um, kept working on developing their water technology in this movie. Um, so the huh. scene in the sewers, when he when he's going down the sewers in the cookbook, that actually that scene was more complex to animate than the blue whale scene from Finding Nemo. Really? Yes. Wow. Um, they spent more time on it, and it was more difficult. That's um, crazy, and it's it's so short. Yeah, it's really a short scene, but here we are. Um, like the, the blue whale scene, meaning the scene where, um, Dory and Marlin are inside the blue whale stomach. Uh, and then, uh, the other fun fact that I found, um, so, you know, the scene where Linguini jumps in to the river to get Remy and then, um, he gets out and he's all wet. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, they had a, a Pixar employee put on a chef's uniform and jump into their swimming pool. Wow. So that they could, so that they could see which parts of like which parts stuck to his body and like what came, what became translucent and like what, what a chef's uniform looked like when it was wet. That's so interesting how they spent so much time like studying water when really like all of the sequences that would use like heavy water like that are so short. short. And and I guess it's, I guess it's admirable like how they put that much effort into like even the small stuff like that. Absolutely. So, but like that being said, here's some other things they did. They they consulted gourmet chefs from the U.S. and from France. Um, they attended cooking classes. Like all the animators went to learn how to cook at uh, culinary schools in San Francisco, um, especially to like learn how to use a commercial like five star restaurant kitchen specifically. Yeah. 
they oh yeah that that introduction scene uh yeah. where, where like remy first is looking into like the kitchen like after he's escaped the sewers and like he's looking at uh just gusto's kitchen on a regular work night like that just comes off as so genuine oh like, yeah like you know they had to like consult people about that and study it and like potentially just go to one and like well it, one of the animators so actually well done interned in a french kitchen yeah yeah that makes sense like i said it's it's so well done it's so genuine yeah and they had somebody design the dish for the end uh, they had a, a French chef designed it, oh, um, and they named it Confit Bialdi, which is the original Turkish name for um, ratatouille. Oh, wow. Um, wow. Let's see. They uh, put a bunch of produce like uh, apples, berries, bananas, mushrooms, oranges, broccoli, and lettuce in a pile and took a bunch of pictures and videos <laughs> of it rotting to figure out how to make a realistic oh, compost pile. Oh, no. Gross. <laughs> yep. yep. Yucky. Wow. Yeah, a lot of work went into this one. Oh, they also hired a rat expert. Of course. You they did, had a you rat expert to. come in. You gotta. And yep, they they put a bunch of rats in a in a hallway and 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 for like mo- just, over a year. Just let them fly. <laughs> yep. Oh, that's so cool. I didn't know about all this. A big tank in a hallway for over a year. That a bunch of rats were in and so they studied like how they moved and how their fur moved and their noses and their ears and their tails and yeah that's so crazy i didn't know any of this that's really interesting because like normally when i'm really into a movie i'll kind of like just i'll laser focus on it and, and i'll get like super like into the behind the scenes and all that stuff but i guess i watched this at around the time where that wasn't as viable right. of a thing for me so like that's right. really cool i need to look into this stuff yeah, another fun fact is that all of the characters were designed and animated with no toes because they needed to save time. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought you much... might like to know that. <laughs> yeah, no, I loved knowing it. Thank you. How much time does do toes save? <laughs> apparently a lot when all of your characters are human except the rats. Uh, yeah, apparently enough to, to make the decision to not have them. That is so funny. Yeah. I don't know anything about how animation, especially 3D animation, works. I mean, like, I have an idea of how 2D paper animation works, but even then, I'm like, my knowledge is extremely limited. I've made a flip book, probably, and that's, like, it. <laughs> I don't really know anything. So, uh, um, apparently there's a plagiarized version. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, there is. It's called Ratatoying. Yeah. By uh, I think it's video uh, bring brinketo. I want to watch it someday. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah. Of course I do. I love that stuff. I watched um I watched a Car's Life. I watched What's Up Balloon to the Rescue. I'm trying to think if there's what? any more. I have never you, heard or or seen you any of these. Don't know about What's Up Balloon to the Rescue, the best movie of our time. No. <laughs> What's up, Balloon to the Rescue is a... Uh, wait, wait, wait. Say it one more time for me. What's up, Balloon to the Rescue? <laughs> it is a knockoff movie of, of the up. hit Disney Pixar m- film, Up. Yeah. Um, What's but up? the thing is, Balloon it's a... Okay, okay, get this, get this. It's a sequel to another what? knockoff film called Little and Big Monsters that is a knockoff <laughs> of Monsters vs. Monsters... Aliens. Oh, no way! Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> it is about a a pair of grandpa scientists and their grandchildren who go up in a balloon house and fight monsters with a French guy who's evil. <laughs> and the French guy has like a diamond of some kind and you have to activate it by saying lavender but like he's french so we can't pronounce it good oh penny i'm so glad to have you here i'm glad to be here and to share this wonder with you that's that's your homework for tonight okay to watch the best film what's up i haven't seen little and big monsters you don't need to see it to to... um great (laughs) oh my god (laughs) Don't okay. Watch What's Up Balloon to the Rescue. Don't watch A Car's Life because it's not okay. <laughs> that's, that's the best I can describe it's it. Not. I was gonna so, put like like a like an adjective after that, but it doesn't that's, even. That's deserve all I need that. to know. So yeah, it's not. So um, so it was nominated for five Oscars, including Best Original Score, Best Sound Editing, Best Sound Mixing, Best Original Screenplay, and Best Animated Film. Wow. Right? That's awesome. Yeah. You don't see, see that anymore with animated movies. No. And and see, the thing about the sound editing and sound mixing is I kind of want to watch this movie with headphones now, because all the times I've watched it, I have been like on my TV. And so... Yeah. You know, I had the option to watch it with headphones just now, but I watched it on my... With the TV speaker instead. Yeah. I might want to do that too. Because normally, sometimes, especially with sound mixing, like there are things that... Unless you have a surround sound system, you don't pick up on them until unless you have like headphones on. Yeah. Especially when they do fun things with like pan or like um like noises sounding like they're behind you. Yeah. Um. Normally, like unless you have like you know four or five speakers and a subwoofer, it's really hard to pick up on that unless you have headphones on. So. Right. Right. Um. But it lost to it lost best score to Atonement. It lost sound editing and sound mixing to The Bourne Ultimatum. It lost best original screenplay to Juno, but it won best animated film. So. Okay. I was I was I we were so close to having a situation where I have not seen any of the other movies that this movie lost to. <laughs> oh, you have so. Okay, you have to I have not seen the other two, but you have to at least see Juno. It's very I, Well, I was going to say we almost got there, but I have seen Juno. So Okay, good. Yeah. Uh yeah, no, I haven't seen the other two either, but I've not <laughs> seen any of the Jason Bourne films, which like I don't know what atonement is, and I'm not too interested in um, in the Bourne series, so yeah, I'm not really an action movie person. I'm starting to neither out. am I. Atone- it's, it's a, Atonement it's a, is apparently James be... McAvoy and Kira Knightley, huh? And it's directed by the same guy that directed Pride and Prejudice, so it's probably some kind of like romantic drama, like some romantic period piece. Yeah, that's interesting. It is period. You're so right. 1935 nice. England. Nice. I got so, it. I, I win. It, it won best score. I might check that out but like, like best it. score you know <laughs> like well, i mean oh, come on now you can appreciate a movie if it's only for the music true. you're talking to someone who's currently true. getting two music degrees That's like i'm true. currently double majoring and both of them are music degrees and i'm in a film score class <laughs> like this is i'm a i'm a nerd speaking of that <laughs> okay yeah t- Absolutely. <laughs> while we're talking about that uh the music in this film is awesome it is so good. It is really good, and I it actually is... have the album on my phone, and it's in my study playlist, and I, I listen to it uh, occasionally. I don't have the whole album, but I need to. I need to get the whole album. Um, but I have 
uh the sort of like title song uh by uh who is it Camille yeah uh saved on Spotify and oh my god it is so good I love, I love how I love when movies like have sort of like a like an overarching musical hook like a yeah. musical little what is it a motif motif that's it thank you yeah uh yeah I I love it when when movies do that uh uh uh, Mark Mothersbow, I think is his name. He he does a lot of that with his film scores. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this movie has that where uh, throughout the the film score, I noticed while watching, like you can hear um, uh, you can hear a little uh, the little motif of like uh, like dun 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 from the title song. Yeah. Uh, like like specifically, it's it's very prevalent in the chase scene. Between the uh, the antagonist sous chef and Remy, uh, when Remy's trying to get the documents to Linguini, um, like th- just throughout that whole scene, uh, y- you hear like when when they're not like screaming at each other or something, you hear like da dun dun da dun dun da dun dun, and like I love it, I love it, and it it stuck out to me, and, and I I love that kind of stuff. But just in general, the score is very good. If you want to talk about motifs, another movie that has a great consistent motif is Up. Yes. Which, that being said, uh, Michael Giacchino or G- Giacchino or however you say his, however people you prefer to pronounce his name, uh, <laughs> who wrote the music for Up also wrote the music for Ratatouille. So that makes sense. He, in my opinion, is really really good at using that kind of using yeah. the um, method of the motif. And the other thing that I love about Michael Giacchino is that he's known for naming his song, uh, naming his pieces like really quirky cute names have you ever ever read any of his song titles i uh, not in any way to where like i remember them okay so i mean besides married life because everybody knows the name of that song the only the only movie he did music for that broke the tradition was um star wars because he did rogue one and he yeah in an interview he was just like i can't i'm sorry it's star wars <laughs> yeah um but like so here's some names you get you have granny get your gun <laughs> um remy drives a linguini oh that's so good kiss and vinegar these are so good the paper chase wow like like these are all just like his names are all so quirky and yeah and adorable. he, he and, like always... they work they work as song titles which i love yeah He's he's just a fun person. Uh, speaking of yeah. Michael Giacchino, since this is the first time I've actually been able to talk about him on this podcast, I love him a lot. Go um, off. So here's a fun story about his history. Um, basically, and I don't. I'm very bad with details, so if I get something wrong, just don't at me. Um, but fine. basically, he um, was a video game music producer. Like he wrote music for video games, and he like he enjoyed it, but he like really wanted to write movie uh, movie music, and so he got a job. I'm not sure where, what studio he was working for, but basically his job was he was like a intern or a secretary of some kind, and basically he would get sent CDs from composers who were trying to get hired, and his job was to listen to them to make sure they were legit, and then pass them on to like the up and up so that they could listen. Um, right. And so what he would do is people would send in CDs in the mail and he would throw them in the trash and then put CDs of his music in. <laughs> <laughs> and so eventually he got hired because they were like, wow, this music's really good. Who wrote it? And he was like me. And they were like, oh, cool. So you got a job now. Oh, my God. That's funny. Yeah. So there you go. That's I'm looking how he, at his, that's I'm looking how at his discography. Yeah. He wrote music for Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
of course he did the music for like the Incredibles and Up video games. Right. Um, he wrote was series there a for Ratatouille Lost? video game? There Hold was. On. Yeah. And he didn't do the music for it? Um, I mean. Ratatouille game. Hold on. I gotta <laughs> see this. Okay, so there was a Ratatouille game for the GameCube. Oh my god. Okay. So the Ratatouille game. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm I'm having like a okay, oh my god. Okay, okay. Okay, wait. You so have to explain. I'm, gonna, I'm not seeing. Yeah, what you're I'm, seeing. I'm about to explain. I'm gonna list off all of the platforms that this game or some variation of this game is on. You ready? Yeah. All right. GameCube, Game Boy Advance. I had one of J two M E. What is that? Microsoft Windows, mobile phone, Nintendo <laughs> DS, OS X. Okay. PlayStation 2, mm-hmm. PlayStation 3, what? PlayStation Portable, okay. Wii, Xbox, and Xbox 360. <laughs> and there are five different developers for different versions of this game. Asobo Studio, Heavy Iron Studios, Helix, with an E at the end, Locomotive yeah. Games, and Universamo. <laughs> wow. This game touched a lot of bases. So, Holy is it crap. a good game? <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't actually. I don't actually know. Here, let's see. Uh, there are different ratings for for the different platforms. So, the DS version has. I'm just. I'm just gonna go off the IGN rating. Okay. Um. So the DS version has a seven out of ten. Okay. Uh, the Game Boy Advance version has a seven out of ten. The GameCube version has a 6.5 out of 10, so it's getting a little... Uh-oh. Uh, the PS2 has a 6.5. Ooh, the PS3 version has a 5.5 out of 10. <gasps> oh, my God. So, like, according to IGN, the PS3 and Xbox 360 versions, so like, the next-gen versions of these games, are the worst. Mm. They both get 5.5s, and the rest of them are, like, 6 to 7. So, yeah, so they made an adaption of the film that was released on all of those, but then they also made one that was DES exclusive, and it was called Ratatouille Food Frenzy. Yeah, the, uh, yeah. There was a Connect game called the, uh, Disney Pixar Adventure. Oh, oh, I was about to say a dedicated Connect Ratatouille game. It was that featured. Movie was like a it was featured old when the Connect yeah. was a thing. It was featured amongst the films used in the Disney okay. Pixar Adventure Connect Rush film. Yeah, that that's a little bit more comforting than like they went back in the archives for the Connect. My god. Pulled out okay, Ratatouille. So I have a PS3. So what I'm saying is I will get the PS version and play it and you can get whatever <laughs> version you want and play it and then we can come back and talk about the Ratatouille video game. Let's see. I'm probably going to get a hold of the I probably get the I can get the, it at GameStop for $15. I'll just, do, I'll, just the, I'll just do the rest of them that aren't the Xbox or the J2ME or OSX or uh mobile phone version. Yeah, okay. So what is a J2ME? I don't know. Let's let's get on that cuz more more googling cuz I I don't I've oh, never heard of that. Oh. So J2ME stands for uh Java 2 Platform Micro Edition. Okay, so it was a browser-based Java game? I don't know. <laughs> Java Platform Micro Edition, or Java ME, is a computing platform for development and deployment of portable code for embedded and mobile devices. Yeah, so it's like a... So, yeah. 
Michael Giacchino didn't do the music for Ratatouille the video game. No, but he did it. He no, no, he no. But Ratatouille the video game did a whole lot for us. Did and it that's, though? That's what I think we need to take away from this today. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> you don't. You don't have to entertain me. It's fine. You can just say no. <laughs> No, I'm yes-anding you. That's how this works. <laughs> Sometimes I don't deserve it. <laughs> okay, I'm seriously not kidding. If you get this game, I will get it too, and we I'm can fine. come back. I honestly, I'm, I am very much considering it. Okay, wait. I'm going to add it to the cart. Hold on. I might actually get this right now, like as Oh, my God. Yeah, talking. I found it for the Wii. Uh, Xbox 360 no for $10. Lane. GameCube for 7 I just the I'm thing is I it. only do it. I only have a this is, PS3. This is an exclusive. I like. I need you to understand that right now, live on your podcast, I am buying Ratatouille the video game for. The I'm week. so glad you are. I would buy it for the play. I will buy it for the PlayStation Three when I have fifteen dollars in my account, which I currently do not. So Hell yeah. How would this game work on the Wii? I'm trying to like conceptualize that. <laughs> you, like, you know my answer to that. Badly. <laughs> That's why it's five dollars, right? Uh, oh, ooh, okay, wait. Okay, this He's is making me think method. of the. Um, I had the Finding Nemo game for my Mac when I was like seven or eight years old, maybe nine, and I used to wait, play it all what? the time. Finding Nemo for my Mac. Oh, oh my god! I had a. I played a Finding Nemo PC game like all the time too. Yeah, and I couldn't. I couldn't there, get past the have, trench like, level. Did yours have like the? Uh, the East Australia, the East Australian current level, where like you would like dodge all the fish and stuff for the, all the turtles. I think so. Here's the thing: is that like I don't know anything past the level of the trench with the anglerfish because I couldn't figure out how it worked. Yeah, and so I gave up and quit playing the game because I was nine and didn't have time for that. Okay, <laughs> so I'm going. Oh my god! Wait, it might actually. Okay, so it's gonna toss. It's gonna cost a total of eleven dollars to me to get this, but you know what? I'll take one for the team. I'm going to do it. For real? Yeah. I feel so honored, honestly. <laughs> I made you buy a video game. I'm sorry. No, you didn't make me. I'm doing this because it's for the art. <laughs> for Listen, the meme. I, I am obsessed with bad movie tie-in games. So, like, <laughs> you have nothing to apologize to me for. Or good movies that create bad games. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Typing out my... <laughs> I'm actually doing this. Like, this is in no way a bit right now. You're going to have to edit this part so much. I'm sorry. Because this is... I mean... It's, it's just me talking about how I'm don't please Please don't apologize. Credit card number in. Okay. What? Hold on. What happened? Oh, oh, oh. Oh. Okay. Crisis averted. Okay. It was saying my... <laughs> I had a second chance and I disregarded it. It was, it was saying my credit card was declined. Was I was going to say, I was literally just about to say, if it declines your card, that's going to be like the ultimate thing. Like fate saying, heck? go back now. Don't turn back while you still have a chance. Like, oh my God. It's not letting me buy this game. <gasps> oh, you encountered no. a problem processing your order. We have not charged you and your order has not in place. No, I will not take this sitting down. <laughs> Then stand up. I'm going on Amazon. 
tears right now. I'm not, I'm not letting this happen. Oh my god, it's on sale on Amazon for the Wii. Yeah. Well, it's, oh, I, I mean, I it's more expensive than if I had got it through GameStop, but I'll take it. Only three left in stock. Order soon. Heck yeah. All right. My order's been placed on Amazon. Oh, my God. Ratatouille for the Nintendo Wii. She'll be coming in on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> With that? That happened. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay, great. All right, you think we should call it? I probably... <laughs> did, we, did we say everything we wanted to say? I hope we did. Probably. At this point, I mean, I I can't imagine it going uphill from here. So, yeah, we probably reached that point. You're just on the decline now. <laughs> no, no, not the decline. The peak. The peak. You're so right. We've peaked, and it's time to to exit. Pursued I just by Bear. Ratatouille for the Nintendo Wii live on your podcast on Amazon. So yeah, we're at the peak. We've peaked. We will not get better than this. All right. Well. <laughs> Uh, I guess thank you so much for coming. This <laughs> thank you for thank you for having me. I had most a great time. Fun hour and a half of my life. Thank you. No, yeah, thank you so much. I was happy um, to be here. Oh my gosh. Uh, do you want? Well, we're okay. Words. Where can people find you if you want to be found? I don't want to be found. So like, don't go looking. All right. That's it. That's the end of I'm the just, podcast. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you guys want, I mean, I already talked about sort of like my, my YouTube channel and like all my podcasts and stuff. But if you want to just find me for like general news and general thoughts and stuff, you can find me on Twitter at KnittingGB or you can find me on my Tumblr at SnapsCube. And I'm Lily. I've been your host today. You can find me on Twitter and Tumblr at Blue Space Queen. And uh, we can be found uh, at Ink Tank Cast on Twitter and Tumblr. That's I-N-K-T-A-N-K Cast. Or you can go to our host website, which is LunarLightStudio.com. That's studio, not plural, just S-T-U-D-I-O. And you can find all of our other stuff there, like our Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast and hopefully one day our Steven Universe and D&D podcasts, if those ever happen. And you can also find us on Patreon at Lunar Light Studio. But for now, this has been Ink Tank. Thank you so much for joining us. Penny, thank you for being here. It was lovely to have you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you all so much for listening. And we'll be back next time with more shenanigans about (sighs) rat mice coyotes. (laughs) 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 And and bad Wii games. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. And bye. (laughs) 